American parents are realizing that there's something amiss in our culture and that it is radically affecting our children. Kids today seem to have gained much more influence and authority in their homes than those of previous generations. And it looks like progress to some, but to others, well, it's considered child abuse. Is it possible that the American culture is abusive? Many parents and grandparents would argue that our culture needs a complete overhaul. So today we'll be talking with Richard Cohen about healing humanity for the sake of our kids. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another edition of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal, Unlicensed to Parent, is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherd's Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. And you know, until recent decades, Christian parents in America, well, for the most part, have raised their kids to assimilate into American cultural norms, you know, to fit in. Yet today, we have to raise our kids to, well, swim upstream against that cultural tide. So, Trace, my question for you is, are we succeeding? But wait, wait, don't answer that just yet, because I have a follow-up question to that. And it's, why wouldn't we want our kids to fit in to today's cultural norms? Yeah. Well, to your first question, no, I don't think we are <laughs> succeeding in raising our kids to swim uh, against today's American cultural norms. Uh, to your second question, uh, we're talking about believers here. So when it comes mm. to morality and healthy child rearing, our culture should never be the final arbiter for best practices. Uh, why? Point. Well, because we, we have a higher authority and a uh, higher standard in these areas. Uh, besides, in, in some cultures, they love their neighbors and others, they eat them. Uh, in, in some cultures, freedom and order are valued and, and, and secured, while in other cultures, slavery and chaos abound. In some cultures, man's the final arbiter of truth. The question is, which man? In other cultures, God's the final arbiter of truth. So I, I can go on and on with that. But as Christians, we're supposed to have much wiser and higher standards than, than we see exemplified in our current mm. cultural condition here, our yeah. postmodern American culture. Uh, not too long ago, this would have been considered common sense. Uh, when God and his word are, uh, were still the, the common standard for common sense. But, you know, we had one God, not 330 million gods. Mm. And postmodern came along, postmodernism rather, came along and, uh, and replaced the biblical worldview, bringing an end to anything common. Uh, and, and with help from illicit sex, drugs, rock, rap, hip hop, and the advent of the internet and smartphones, among many other things, of course, a multitude of new small g gods have now come on the scene to help drown out the voice of the one true God, you know, the God who once blessed our nation. Uh, and as a corporate whole, he blessed our nation despite our hypocrisies and injustices to one another. And I believe that that was because America had always been a redemptive nation at heart, a people committed to correcting our own injustices and self-inflicted wounds. But we were able to do this precisely because we had a transcendent moral standard to refer back to. And as I see it, and my experience bears this out, if, if, if we can ever get back to our biblical foundations and quit dwelling on all the past hypocrisies and injustices and hating ourselves for it, 
we might actually have a snowball's chance in Hades to not only bring healing to our families and our kids, but, but then bring some healing to humanity at large. America has traded a handful of past problems, relatively speaking, for a multitude of current ones. But the current ones are eroding the very foundations of civilization, mm. things like the redefinition of once common terms, uh, the invention of new terms, the redefinition of marriage, the nuclear family, the gender binary, and objective truth, among many other things that betray God's ecosystem. We're still using godly terms like love, freedom, grace, and peace, among other things, but we're using the devil's dictionary. All this and more has created a society of systemic mental illness. Mm. And like the collapse of so many great societies in the past, I think sexual decadence is at the root of a lot of it, maybe all of it. In the process of pursuing freedom and knowledge, we've become slaves to our little addictive plastic boxes and our own perverted appetites. So again, no, we shouldn't want our kids to fit into that because we don't need more microcosms of today's systemically mentally ill American culture. And it is systemically mentally ill. Let's raise our kids to become change agents to that culture. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we're doing here at Shepherd Hill, and we're having a great impact, not just on kids and families uh, that we serve, but also on everyone that these new creations encounter along the way when they leave. Well, we sure are all about healing here at Shepherd's Hill, and our guest today knows exactly what you, Trace, have been talking about in just bringing healing to our families, but healing to humanity at large. And we're happy to have Richard Cohen with us today. Richard is a psychotherapist, educator, and author. He travels throughout much of the world teaching about marital relations, parenting skills, healing from sexual abuse, and understanding gender identity and sexual orientation issues. Very important topics in today's culture. Over the past 34 years, he has helped hundreds in therapy and thousands through healing seminars, as well as training physicians psychologists, counselors, and ministry leaders how to assist those dealing with gender identity and sexual orientation concerns. His latest book is entitled Healing Humanity, Love, Time, Touch, and Talk. Well, Richard, from the bottom of my heart, mm -hmm. welcome to License Apparent. Yes. Thank you so much, Trace, and thank you, Michelle, for the opportunity to share with those who are listening. I'm humbled to be with you today. Uh, your, your book's called Healing Humanity. Uh, for the sake of a better way and a better place to raise our kids, what do you see as the single most important thing that we parents need to understand and do to bring healthy kids into a, an insane world and truly help heal humanity or do the best we can? It's too big of a question. I don't know where <laughs> to begin with that one, Trace. Yeah. Let, me, let me try to make it a little smaller. Sure. One of my passions in this book, Healing Humanity, Time, Touch, and Talk, is touch. We have so many parenting books, hundreds of them, and just a few of them literally talk about bonding, secure mm. attachment, healthy touch. So, so many people in our culture and world today are oversexed because they're undernourished. Mm. The, you know, porn industry worldwide garners 100 billion annually. That's like insane to think about. Crazy. So in the touch section of the book, I talk about how parents can securely connect and attach with their children so they won't have to sexualize 
that need later on in adolescence and adulthood until they're with their, you know, one partner for life. Mm -hmm. So that's that's one of my greatest passions is is touch healthy touch and how to do it. So I give many exercises in the book for parents and children, well, for husband and wife, and also for parents and their children. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, since you mentioned touch, uh, touch is a very deep subject, deep conversation. I, I probably would have added a fourth T to that, and, and I, would, I would put true, truth rather, mm-hmm. into that equation, because I think mm-hmm. half of mental health is just simply knowing and accepting objective truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's been kind of my experience here at, uh, at Shepherd's Hill Academy. May I comment on that? Uh, sure, Trace? absolutely. Please. Parents are in the position of Mr. and Mrs. God to mm. their children. They're the visible manifestation of the masculine and feminine nature of God. So if mom and dad, as the exemplary model of masculine and femininity, love each other, communicate with each other, and show affection, Mm. that's the best way children will follow in their footsteps of faith and truth. By being the embodiment, if there's constant conflict, what have you, if, you know, there's a whole plethora of things that can be a substitute for their own health and for showing that example to their children. If they do show that, the children will naturally want to follow in their footsteps Mm. of faith. Yeah, I, I had a, a high school psychology teacher uh, tell us in class uh, one time that you can't touch, hug, or kiss an infant too much. Mm. Uh, I never forgot that. And, you know, I, I kind of look at uh, touch as being um, a deeper form of communication, kind of like music, even mm-hmm. without lyrics. It communicates mm-hmm. a, a mm-hmm. message without saying a word. Um, can, you, can you elaborate on that as to, as to uh, right. you know, what I'm trying to get across with that? This country, that it's brilliant what your high school psych teacher taught you. The insidious thing that runs through the vein of this Western culture is the puritanical thinking that touch equals sex, which it does not. And uh, there was a line in the movie uh, um, about Queen Uh, And he said, Americans are Puritans in public and perverts in private. Mm. Oh, Brian May said that. (laughs) Brian May, right. Mm -hmm. And and so this puritanical culture, like you can't touch. I saw I saw the change over the decades when our older kids uh, went to elementary school, the teachers were allowed to hug them, mm. you know, as they right. were leaving the class. And that was so beautiful. And then some teachers are known to uh, be, you know, uh, doing child porn or what have you. And then all of a sudden we're legislating the problem instead of providing the solution, which is healthy touch. Mm-hmm. And this it has, you know, and I've gone, uh, my wife and I and family, we, we went to different churches while the kids were growing up. And everywhere I went, I taught about healthy hugs. 
because mm. I want, I wanted, I said to the men, I gave a talk one time uh, to the, you know, the men's group of a very large church, five, six hundred guys. And I said, when you came in, did you hug and kiss each other? And <laughs> most of them like, what? <laughs> Yeah. I said, St. Peter and St. Paul mm. talk about it seven times in the New Testament. Greet each other with kiss. a holy kiss. Yeah. Right. So I had them all stand up. I said, I'm going to time you. You will now hug and you will give each other a holy kiss. And, you know, the room was vibrating mm -hmm. with so much different energy. And I asked afterwards, well, how was that for you? And one guy stood up and said, well, I'm from an Italian background. That was normal for us, like drinking water to hug and kiss. Another guy stood up and said, I wanted to smash the other man. <laughs> I grew up in one in in like about seven or eight foster homes and i was physically beaten and sexually used mm. so Ouch. touch for me isn't assault yeah so you know people have so many different experiences and we have to provide you know going back to the school the solution rather than yeah. legislating the problem and that's what yeah. One reason I wrote this book is to provide solutions for healthy touch in the family and in our community, in our churches, and the culture. Yeah. Well, Richard, we need to take a break, but when we come back, let's talk about some of those solutions, but let's continue talking about healthy touch because this is a fantastic conversation. Our guest today, unlicensed to parent, is Richard Cohen. Richard wrote the book, Healing Humanity, Love, Time, Touch, and Talk. Trace Embry, Richard, and I will be right back after this. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded it's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper -bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Your children are teens now. They're growing up and gaining independence. That's kind of the point of parenting, isn't it? You're raising future responsible adults, but they're not responsible adults yet. They may be able to do things on their own, but you still want to be able to contact them and you want to equip them for success, so you decide to get them a smartphone. But why a smartphone? For most people, that means 24-7 access to everything on the planet, and that's not wise, nor is it healthy. Digital addiction is prevalent these days. In fact, we see teens of all ages dealing with mental health and behavioral issues rooted in overuse of technology. Issues that affect health, wellness, ability to focus, performance in academics, and more. That's why at Licensed to Parent, we want you to choose a wise phone alternative instead of a smartphone. More information is available at LicensedToParent.org slash wisephone.
Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today, our guest is Richard Cohen. Richard wrote the book, Healing Humanity, Love, Time, Touch, and Talk. And right now, we are talking about that big topic, touch. Well, Richard, is it possible to have a deep need and desire for appropriate touch by others without realizing it, particularly by by one's parent, and yet swear to the heavens that you don't want anyone putting their hands on you? What's going on there? Yeah, uh, in as you know, in mental health, reactive attachment disorder, children may pull back. And as a parent, don't let your child go. Mm. I don't care whatever age she or he is. Continue to show healthy hugs. Mm. And if they're being resistant, just look into their eyes. At least try to hold their hands and do what or how questions, not why. What's going on? How's this for you? And keep asking and keep asking until they give up the goods. And the more you go in and get closer, they may react or try to pull away. Don't let them. They need you, whether they're 5 or 15 or 25 or 35 years old. They will always need that secure connection with you. Healthy touch reduces stress. It improves health, it increases productivity, mm. and it intensifies love, according to research. So, and in the, the book, Healing Humanity, Time, Touch, and Talk, by the way, our website is time, touch, and and talk.com. Uh, it gives you so many simple exercises for touch that you can use as a husband and wife, and you can use with your children, and even in your community and places at work. Richard, I talked with somebody recently who had been studying on this topic of touch, and she told me that I was to hug someone for eight seconds. And so I did. I found I found a friend, a coworker that I work with. And I was like, would you please give let's let's just test this out. And there was something so comforting. It sort of rewrited my day. Why is it that a hug is so comforting and healing? What what is that about that touch? <laughs> right. And uh, Michelle, it's very important to be a healthy hug uh-huh. because some of the women I, you know, I've shown this in in churches, healthy hugs, and some of the women said, "Well, the guy, his one arm slides down to my derriere, so to speak," and I, so I always show men. Put your arms on their back. Don't go any lower. Mm. So one arm above one shoulder, the other arm below, and ideally cheek to cheek. Mm. And it does give a sense of grounding, Michelle. It brings us into our center and it goes back to parent-child bonding. I mean, there's been a lot of research, John Balby, Mary Ainsworth, showing that the child's whole 
mental, emotional, mm. physiological systems are securely grounded by the beautiful touch with a mom and or dad or both. And so that eight second hug, right, it brings you back to center within yourself and it goes back to your origin. Mm. Richard, once a parent realizes that perhaps they've been too hands off with their child, uh, to the point where, you know, Junior claims he's not comfortable with the new touchy-feely mom or dad. Uh, what should that parent's next move be? If a parent is going to introduce a new exercise or a new idea, they must tell the children first before they implement it. For Ooh. example, I know we haven't hugged you much. Mm -hmm. And that's our fault. We're really sorry for that. From now, we're going to hug you every time in the morning before you go to school. And when you come home, we're going to hug you. And before bed, we'll put you in bed, we'll hug you and, you know, read to you, pray with you, sing to you, whatever. So before introducing a new parenting skill, uh, they must tell the kids what's coming. Mm. And then the kids can say, well, you've never done that before and say, yeah, that's our fault. We didn't know. And now we've learned. Uh -huh. We are going to all show a healthy touch. Mm. I'm wondering, uh, you know, what if Junior resists? Uh, and then if, if it might be another option to, you know, just every once in a while, just tap him on the shoulder. Mm. Uh, slow increments to where over a period of time, uh, the child gets used to the new you and he doesn't feel like you're artificially, you know, fabricating a new mm -hmm. approach to try to win his affection for what he might think would be mm -hmm. some strange, you know, unknown reason. Is, is there any merit right. to that? Sure. Uh, I have a motto, which I wrote in the book, succeed small rather than fail big. Yeah. So small increments is really good. And again, we go back to mom and dad are the role models of God's masculine and feminine nature. So if parents demonstrate it, if dad is hugging mom and mom is hugging dad, so we lead by example, monkey see, monkey do. And children don't learn by what we say, they observe our behaviors, how we take care of ourselves, what our spiritual life looks like, how we treat our partners, and then the children will follow that. So yes, uh, Trace, it's a great idea. Start in small increments until the child is looking forward to it. And I've worked with, you know, thousands of parents around the world. And in many cultures, they're very touchy. You know, men sure. walk down the street holding hands, women do it. And so this is like nothing for them. But again, here with this puritanical mentality that touch equals sex, we have to implement healthy touch incrementally in our families. Well, yeah. Richard, on your website, timetouchandtalk.com, uh -huh. you... You asked the question or you posed the phrase, when was the last time someone held you in their arms, looked into your eyes and saw you for who you truly are? And it was not all about sex. Right. So we've been talking about touch and you've shared that there are times when you just need to hold on to your children's hands mm -hmm. and look into their eyes. But talk to us about this component of being seen. What is it about looking into someone's eyes? What does that do? 
Right. I talk about in the book, uh, women have to retrain their men about what is touch without sex, because most guys don't know it from their family of origin. So holding their hands, looking in their eyes, put your hands gently on their cheek, look in their eyes. We have to retrain men how to, you know, get grounded in their bodies because they were teased on the playground growing mm. up. If they showed their feelings, they're laughed at, they're mocked. So they shut off between their neck and their navel area where we feel our feelings. And so that goes right from their genitals then to the head. And sex therapists say, well, it's normal. Guys think about sex, you know, so many times per minute or per, per hour. That is not normal. And that's not true. These are men who got cut off. So women can retrain their men about healthy touch and looking into one another's eyes, like you were saying, you know, to be seen, to be known without any sense of sex involved in that intimate moment. There's been a lot of thought that the, the lack of appropriate touch by parents has, has helped produce kids with homosexual desires. Mm -hmm. um, can you speak to that? Uh, four score and seven years ago, our fathers <laughs> brought forth the... Yeah, this is a big one. There was a study released by researchers at Harvard and MIT. They studied half a million subjects who identified as LGBTQ, gay, and they said, still no gay gene. So essentially, people are not born this way. So yeah. the touch element. Boys mm. need bonding with their fathers. They mm. need to internalize the salient masculine and women need to internalize mother's love. Of course, they also need the, I mean, to healthy touch too. They need the love of both parents. However, we see so many teens or boys who develop same-sex attraction or homosexual feelings we're never securely bonded either with the same-sex parent and same-sex peers. And then mm. after adolescence, that need becomes sexualized. And the culture says, well, you're gay. Uh, that's mm -hmm. not true, according to right. science. So much of this is culturally induced. I see it here yes. all the time, and the kids are, get, are getting through it. It's, it's cool just amazing, thing. and no one's talking about it. Well, listen, you've, you've been a, a gem. Uh, we appreciate having you on. Yes. And, and, and if you would come back, I, I, just on the subject of LGBTQ+, I think yes. merits uh, some deeper conversations because we've got so many parents today who are rolling over for this. Yeah, and know. really, in any other time and, and place, this would be considered absolute child abuse. Yeah, it's it's unconscionable. And the good yeah. thing is there are solutions for parents. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Richard Cohen. For more information on Richard and his book, Healing Humanity, go to his website, timetouchandtalk.com. That's timetouchandtalk.com. 
Licensed Apparent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. Shepherds Hill is expanding our campus. This past summer, we got the foundation laid for a new dining hall, and now it's to finish the building to better serve our students and team with space they need for their day-to-day activities. Would you consider giving towards this building project? Because we need your help. We, we need to get this done before winter. And you can give securely online by clicking the donate button at the top of the page when you visit licensedparent.org. Thanks to our team today for making this all possible. Daniel Fazina helps with guest relations. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.